Shake your dick and quack quack. Never heard that before, did you? Shake your dick and quack quack. I always hear that. Are you talking to them or are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. I've always heard you say that. I know, but you ain't never heard it before me. No, no, no. no. Shake your dick and quack quack. I did not. I don't know what that means. Shake your dick and quack quack. Have we started yet? You don't gotta know what it means. You know what it feels like, though. What you feel when I say that? Ooh, shake your dick and quack quack. Like it's good. Hi, you guys. Hey. Welcome to Undoing the Complex. <laughs> Welcome. Um, we're back at it. Uh, well, before we um, dive right into it, because I do want to get into this topic because you are fading away as we speak. Um, um, man, I just find it unfair that we record podcasts at my worst hours of the day, but it's the only time that we can do it. Well, babe, life is not fair. Okay. Fair wasn't the word. I just okay. find it... <laughs> intriguing unfortunate i know babe it is it is it does work out in my favor I'm, it does you come lie. alive at this time 100 percent. yeah this is great I i'm love on the this. slow decline to the pillows yeah that's okay we'll make it it's gonna be real good once you start talking you, you turn right on that's um true. but before we kind of hop into this big shout out to everyone who has been listening to and the watching and the watching. podcast on youtube we really appreciate y'all taking time to listen to us we've gotten so many messages and texts and comments and all the things just sharing your stories it has been so cool to read your stories to hear what the podcast is doing in your life how you feel encouraged and inspired and challenged it It really does like i like to joke about it but it's probably because i'm feeling a little vulnerable but honestly it means a lot it makes us want to do more um, yeah, because now we actually have yes. faces and stories and people to talk to. Whereas when we were building it, we right. were just sharing. And, and you can dream, you know, about how you want people to be impacted by things that you fought for and whatnot. But to, to hear you guys say things, um, it's always encouraging. So if you're ever like, man, should I DM them? I don't want to be that. P- please be that please person. Please be that person. Please be that person. We because love that, reading your stories. Not, not that that's the reason we're doing this, but man, when we hear that, like, it's like, okay, we, we are hitting the right things, the things yeah. that we want to talk about. Um, and so also leave reviews. Um, you guys, you know, when you, when you're finishing up a podcast, just go to that section. I don't know what, you know, you're using to listen to this, but, um, leave a review. Um, if it's a low rating, don't leave a review, just <laughs> marketing your, your notes or something. <laughs> you can send us a DM. Just send a DM if you, oh yeah, if you have questions or if something stood out to you, if you're like, man, I, I didn't get that part. Um, please reach also, out to us. S- somebody said, cause we talked about Instacart on the last podcast and I said, they didn't know what that was. They didn't know what that was, but they were from the UK and they did not know what Instacart was. Right. Also somebody else wondered because in our house testimony, I talked about the dream that had the yappy dog in it. And they wondered if we actually do have a neighbor with a yappy oh, dog. Oh yes. And I realized we never shared oh, that. Oh wow. Yes. We do have a dog. Every time we hear that dog, there was a dream that was shared. If you go listen to the podcast where we talk about our house. Episode two. Yes. If you go listen to that, um, in that we talk about this yappy dog and someone having a dream about it. And yes, there's an actual, there is an actual yappy dog that lives next door. It's a constant reminder of God's promise. God put us in this house. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing with Instacart, man, it's so cool. We had, um, like 17 countries listening in to the podcast. And that is like, um, all over the world. So cool. (laughs) 
That's so, so exciting. Yeah, but I always, you know, I think about like different cultures and things like that. So hope hoping that it translates. Um, but yeah. Like Instacart. Like Instacart. Instacart is a um, business model like uber 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 eats things someone like that. shops and does your groceries for you right. and brings it to your and house I, I used to do that to make a quick buck um but anyways i guess that's our little banter i wanted to <laughs> talk about something else but this is fun too but we really appreciate y'all please leave a re- review um let us know how this is impacting you um and send it to a friend send it to somebody who you feel like it would encourage them inspire them um be another encouraging voice in their ear so yeah yes well today we're just gonna jump right in we, we diving off the deep end and we are gonna talk about triggers triggers yay who loves triggers i should have had like one of the little things that say yeah you should do that um, you should have the soundboard closer to i us. should maybe we'll like bring that halfway through the season or in season two or something like that but um triggers man if um if we said that word and you're like well i know exactly what that is well this is going to be a fun conversation of us talking about um, triggers. Because I think right now in our emotionally woke environment and culture that we're in, I think triggers can get thrown around a lot. I think a lot of a lot of us yeah. use the word triggers. And so we're going to unpack what a trigger is, what yes. it feels like, what it points to and how to. What did you say the word was? Um, dismantle. Dismantle triggers. a trigger. Um, because emotionally woke you just said that i think a lot of people can identify stuff but then they identify and don't know what to do with right exactly and so um we have our fair share of triggers um and things that show up and i i now when i hear a trigger or someone's triggered or i feel a trigger like my like the first thoughts that come in to my head it's really cool now like the first thoughts are like oh this is a really good opportunity like this is this is actually not a negative thing and just to dive right in real quick, I think a lot of times when we feel trigger or we hear the word trigger, the next thing is this is negative. Mm-hmm. This is not a good thing when really it is. But um, I want you to just for the people that maybe this is their first time hearing that word um, trigger. Oh, I'm going to unpack the word trigger. Yeah, I love how you unpack the word trigger. Oh, OK. Um, I I think a trigger is anything that activates our flight fight, flight, and freeze response, which I think we all know about what it is, but basically it's our survival instincts that anytime we feel threatened or something in our life feels unsafe, we go into fight, flight, or freeze. And in current day terms, when you go into that fight space, it's like lashing out, yelling, I got to get, my, a finger, I gotta I gotta get gotta, my power back. Yes. I got to get control back. And so I'm going to do that by getting really outward big expression, yeah, outward expression. To, to get my power back because I might feel powerless right now. And I need you to hear me. I don't feel understood. So I need you to understand. And so that, that trigger, because I feel triggered and feeling powerless, my response or reaction is to blow up big. And right. that's just one. Yeah. You keep going. And a lot of times these are dependent upon personalities too. That right. can have tendencies to go personalities, more towards fight, flight, your your life experiences right. growing up, the family that you grew up in. Yes, um, and we'll talk more about that in this. But um, yeah, keep going. I just want to keep. Oh no, this is great. This is fun. Um, a flight response is you kind of feel that same sense of powerless, but you start spinning in your head of yeah. what is this person thinking about me? Did I ruin this conversation? Like yeah, and not not flight as in like I'm gonna go get you know my suitcase and hop on a plane. 
But in a sense, internally, you are disconnecting from the moment. And instead of fighting and getting big, you're fleeing. You're, you're running away. You're, you you're might feel mo- moments where you feel short of words, mm-hmm. where you don't have a lot to say. Uh, where your mind just went blank or there just became a fog. And it's like this moment of, man, why do I feel confused? Why am I like forgetful in this moment? Or I, I can't engage with what just happened because I'm, I'm, I'm fleeting. I'm flying. Or what? what's the word? Fleeing. I'm fleeing. Flee. I said <laughs> fleeting and flying. Both wrong. <laughs> and then a freeze response is you kind of just internally and externally shut down. You dissociate. You kind of get numb, that fog that kind of comes over you and you just check out because you don't know how to get big. You don't know how to pull away and you kind of just crumble and shut down. Right. Yeah. Um, So those are triggers. Trigger is anything that activates those feelings and fight, fight, flight, freeze responses in you. But a trigger is always pointing to something. It's not just like, oh, I want to check out right now. And I think a lot of times we can get lost in our triggers because we use it as like oh what you said right there I just got triggered by that but then we're not actually going in and actually looking for what caused that trigger in the first place we're using it as just a feeling word of I felt triggered right you can't feel triggered a trigger brings up certain feelings and certain thoughts that point to pain or a belief system and a trigger is basically just an internal alarm system saying hey something is off here Look at me. We need to deal with this. Right. And what happens when you don't identify that you're being triggered or identify that you need to do something with it is it just happens again the next time that same situation or a similar situation happens. And then beautiful cycles, not beautiful, but cycles, Painful cycles. enter into your life. And then you find yourself being triggered. And it, I feel like a lot of times with the, the idea of triggers, um, a lot of reasons that people have a hard time, I think, facing them is because you can be triggered in the same way by multiple things. And so trying to, like, trace back, like, man, what was the thing that took me out? I think that takes um, practice. <laughs> practice. Lots That's the word. That's the word. It takes practice. And it's not something to be shameful of when you get triggered. And I, I want to say that clear because. I think a lot of times when you you can identify, oh, man, I just got triggered. And if you don't know what to do with it, then so many of us, I used to do this is what I'm saying. It You feel tr- shame because, oh, man, that moment that I shut down or I, I didn't show up. That was your brain trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. That was that was you feeling unsafe or uncovered or maybe you weren't uncovered, but you felt uncovered and it felt real. That's nothing to feel shame about Mm -hmm. because that that shame causes you to not face it again. Right. Like when you feel shame, it's like, oh, man, dang it, I did that. Dang it, I shut down. I didn't show up. Dang it, I lashed out on those people. Man, I'm going to focus more on what I did and not what actually what was going on in that moment. Right. And this is the importance of actually getting to the root of a trigger so that we don't just continually get triggered over and over and over again with actually without actually dealing with what lies underneath the trigger. Because the trigger is just a sign that's pointing to something that's deeper. Yeah. Um, and so how you actually get to the root of a trigger is you have to practice and get curious about 
what came before you got triggered. And I think this takes a lot of um, conscious work. I read today, and I knew this statistic in some measure, but that 95% of our life happens subconsciously. This is why we can drive cars, ride bikes, go places because our, our memory stores things in our subconscious. Otherwise we would have to constantly think about everything consciously all the time. I got to slot this in here. I don't think we realize how intelligent God is. Mm. The, the Bible talks about renewing your mind. I thought you were going to say how intelligent I am. Oh, (laughs) it's not about you, babe. (laughs) Not your moment. Not your moment to to God be the glory. (laughs) Um, But back to what I was saying, like, this is renewing your mind. Right. When you said sub or subconscious, whatever you just said, that was a beautiful scientific term. That is literally renewing my mind. Right. But you can't renew your mind unless you actually know what you're thinking about. Right. Because a lot of us, we just go through life just reacting to our triggers, what's in front of us. And we're doing it because that's how we survive. Or we use life as an excuse because, man, stuff is moving too fast. So I don't have time to sit down and figure out what was going on. I don't have time to write out a journal. I don't have time to talk with someone and figure out what's happening inside of me to cause me to keep doing this thing. We just keep moving. And I think a lot of times that's us not having compassion on ourselves because compassion says I am worth stopping for. Yeah. I am worth looking into and asking myself questions that can get me to a point where I can show up no matter the moment. Mm -hmm. But what I was saying about the subconscious mind is that through practicing, you're actually taking those routine reactions that you have to triggers and you're bringing them from being just something in your subconscious that you just do without thinking and you're bringing them into your conscious mind so that you can actually look at them and be like oh that's why anytime my husband comes home late I get really big and angry is because (laughs) no I was just using it (laughs) wasn't today but no (laughs) But it's because when I was younger, my dad would always come home late and it showed me that he didn't value our time because he would come home late, he would miss dinner, he would whatever. And so when husband is coming home late, all of a sudden we're reacting in this huge, big way. And it's not because husband is coming home late. It's because we have a trigger around not feeling valued, not feeling important, not feeling... And it's just because me and your dad are hard workers. No, I'm okay, just this kidding. is I'm not kidding, an kidding, example kidding, from JK. my actual personal I know. Life. I actually didn't know if it was. No, my dad that. was home, I'm pretty sure, at like <laughs> 6 yeah, o'clock that was a great on example, dot. Though. Great example. I just wanted to throw that in there. I was I was completely joking. Yes, I know. Yeah. Keep going. This oh, is good. I'm just, I'm just really enjoying listening to you right now. And plus, I, I, I want to talk a lot about the dismantling part, but we're not there yet. All right. No, this is so this is the power of the transforming power of renewing your mind is actually bringing your subconscious thoughts into your consciousness so that you can actually work through them. And I want to talk about just one other side before we keep moving, because, you know, I I look at a trigger as like, you know, it's the thing that just brought up something inside of me and I got to respond to it or whatever. You just talked about what happens inside of you. You just talked about the subconscious, the the moment, you know, you have a, you grew up in 
this kind of family and this thing kept happening. And so when it happens in real time now, it triggers you. And this is all internal. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about the other side of external, because I think a lot of times we don't consider the environments that we're in that can also trigger us. And and I think a lot of times you can feel powerless in in a certain environment, whether it's, um, you know, if you if you grew up in a home where there's a lot of drinking. Right. And and you see someone, you know, wasted and they're all over you on you. You can be triggered by that. And sometimes you're in an environment where it's like, oh, man, I can leave that party. Like I need to actually get myself out of the situation because the thing that it's bringing up right now is a trigger that I need to deal with. But at the same time, my relationship with alcohol has been defined by you know a past moment I think we need to feel permission to get out of the environment to actually be able to think Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we're trying to figure out a trigger while we're still in the moment right instead of okay how do I show up right now I know that I'm triggered it's not the space right now to, to actually figure out what's going on but I know what's going on inside of me okay what do I need to do right now to bring myself into reality into this present moment so that I don't run away. Okay, I need to go to the bathroom for just a moment. Take a deep breath. Okay, I'm here. Man, I'm triggered. Okay, Dante, it's okay. It's okay. You know you know where this might be coming from. It's not the space right now. Okay, okay, I'm okay. I think we need to give ourselves permission in the moments of being triggered in the middle of the environment. Right. Like we need tools of what we're going to do when we're triggered. Right. Like, what's your game plan for when a moment comes up? Because you, things are going to come up. And and the funny thing about a trigger is you don't know when <laughs> you're going to be triggered until you're triggered. Right. And so that that practice that you're talking about is having a game plan. Man, what, what am I going to physically do to bring myself into the moment to show up as best as I can? Right. So I just wanted to. And the great yeah. thing about creating these practices for when we're triggered is that the more we do it the more easy i'm using air quotes it becomes to when we get triggered it doesn't take us out and send us spiraling and takes a day to come back from it before we can actually process through it the more that we actually face our triggers instead of stuffing them ignoring them avoiding them pushing them away, coping with something else in order to not feel that trigger is the more we actually face them and look at them and figure out the roots and where they come from, the more that we're equipped because triggers usually happen in like multiple different situations that are pointing to the same pain or root. Would you say that? Like you can get triggered. um, I don't know. Say it again. Say it. Like, it's not just like your trigger is situation specific because usually your triggers are pointing to belief systems that you have about yourself. But it it was probably a situation that caused that belief. Right. But multiple situations can trigger that same belief. Yes and no. This is this is why this podcast is called Undoing the Complex. (laughs) But, But because let me use my... Yeah, what's the example? Um, Father coming, not my father, but dad coming home late. And it triggers this feeling of being unvalued and not being important. So husband coming home late could trigger that belief that, oh, I'm not valuable. My time isn't 
valuable. I'm not important. But so also could somebody not texting back. And that triggers that same belief of, oh, I'm not valuable. I'm mm. not important. Um, some Your birthday party's on the same day as another person's and they go to so-and-so's birthday instead of mm. yours. And it triggers that same belief. And so I'm saying that multiple situations can trigger that same belief. So which is why gotcha. it's so important yeah. to actually get to the root of the trigger so that we can actually know, oh yeah, I actually feel like I have a trigger around yeah. not feeling valuable. Right. Like I have a trigger around not, it's not so much anymore because I've really worked through it, yeah. but not being smart mm, and yeah. not being good enough at something. And I struggled a lot growing up with just not getting very good grades. Yeah. I had people comment on me not being very smart. And so anytime that it would come to a situation, whether it was writing a test, whether it was speaking in front of somebody, um, whether it was having to give a presentation, it would all kind of trigger that same belief of, oh, I'm not capable of doing right, this. Right. Yeah. One of my triggers, since we're talking about our triggers, <laughs> one trigger for me um, was as when I was younger, I would get bullied by this one kid um, that I thought was a friend of mine. He was kind of like a older, like three mm -hmm. years older than me. And I thought he was a friend of mine and like wanted to, you know, be like him in certain ways and stuff. He's a cool dude or whatever. And there was this one moment I'm um, getting ready to go home and I, I got to, you know, get back home. And I remember this day, like my grandma was visiting from Tallahassee. We were all at the house. She had given me $20 that day. Um, my grandma would do this thing where she came into town and she would um, count out money for us. And we would just be like counting like 20, 40, 60. <laughs> and, um, but she had given me a 20 and she put it in my pocket and, I went out to um, hang, this guy lived around the corner from us. And so I was hanging at his house and then it was time for me to go um, because of the street lights. You know, my mom would say when the street lights come on, you better be in the house. And so I was like, I need to get home before the street lights. And he wanted to still hang out. And we're, he's walking with me and we're going home. And um, right down the road from my house, there's like this um, broken down like fence he pushes me on the fence and I am trying to get up. I'm like, Hey, like, this isn't funny. This isn't fun. I got, I got to get up. Um, and he pushing me down again and I can't get up. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, he seems kind of serious. And I try and get up again. He's like a bigger kid than me. I get up again. He pushes me down. He pushed me down like mm. seven or eight times. I felt so powerless. Like I felt, I, I, I felt betrayed. Like this guy that I looked up to, I I felt like my my value was was taken away, mm. and I felt like I wasn't strong. Mm -hmm. How did that trigger show up? Anytime anyone close to me would be physically affectionate, it would literally. I didn't know why. I didn't know why. I didn't. I don't think I've even told mm -hmm. you this, babe. But I didn't understand. Like, why do I like? feel like I need to like tense up a little mm. bit when someone's like pushing me. Oh, because I want to feel strong. Right. Oh man. If they, are they going to throw me off balance? Like literally, I think I just had mentioned on, um, and some kind of, we were talking to somebody, but I said, one of my pet peeves is to be knocked off balance. Mm. Where does that come from? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that comes from somewhere. And it wasn't until I realized like, Oh man, love languages physical touch 
like mine's not physical touch and it probably was shaped by that moment. And I'm okay with that now. But now when someone pushes me a little hard or slaps me on the chest um, or and they know who they are, (laughs) I love it now. It's way different, though, because you face that trigger and now. Right. It's been redeemed. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing. It wasn't that I, I thought specifically, oh, I get triggered every time someone is physically um touching me it was when i uh, me processing that moment of feeling powerless i didn't know it would relate like it's that root thing i got to the root before i even identified like oh i get triggered when people push me right um i found out more about oh that memory has been lingering with me of making me feel powerless making me feel devalued at times i'm I'm nervous if i um, trust the people close to me that they're going to do something that embarrasses me, like things like that. Like those were so anytime like someone would unintentionally embarrass me. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm triggered. Right. Oh, man, you meant to do that. You you were planning on doing that. And, and that narrative came out of that specific moment. And that was me being triggered. Right. Um, and that maybe I, I kind of want to hop into that a little bit narratives, because I think yeah. a lot of times when we're triggered, we the thought is man is this moment true like the 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 fear that i'm feeling the pain that i'm feeling the thing that i'm experiencing right now is it true right and that i think is the question that we need to ask whatever that thought is that has you triggered or has you pulling away man someone just said something and i feel this does that person look at me this way too? Right. I talk about this a lot with my clients that our thoughts, we have 6,000 thoughts a day, um, which I think ends up being 27 a minute or something. And 95% of those are subconscious and our thoughts create narratives, which are like our just streams of thoughts begin to create stories so that we can make sense and make meaning of the world around us. And those narratives, if we tell them ourselves, if we tell ourselves those narratives enough, they become belief systems, which become where everything comes out of our behaviors, our actions, our thoughts, our feelings all stem from our belief systems. And so what, what was a thought in that moment of like, oh, I'm not strong. You continue to rehearse those thoughts and they become narratives and you begin to seek out that narrative in different situations you, you and need then it, it becomes, to be confirmed right like you're you're looking for evidence right that 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 story moment is true is true in every single circumstance so if you find yourself having the same experience with different people i'm not saying that it's 100 percent accurate but i'm saying that there might be a chance that you're being triggered and it's a narrative that happened maybe a few times and not every single time because that's the thing that's the scary thing that we have to face in triggers is is this moment true right yes this happened to me as a kid yes this happened to me with that person right but this is an entirely new person in front of me is that true and that nobody wants to answer that question no nobody wants to face that type of pain of oh man not not every time is is this true right And it takes energy for me to be intentional. Right. Because this could all be avoided. And this would be a perfect world, which we don't live in. Is if in that moment you went home, 
you told your mom and your mom had the perfect emotional health and capacity to be able to coach you in that moment of like, that probably made you feel so powerless, Dante. Right. That right. probably made you feel afraid, not good enough. And she was able to pull out and validate how that experience made you feel so that those thoughts didn't actually create, have a place to land yeah, and, my, and grow. My, my mom would. Right. I just didn't open up to her. You didn't open her. up. Yeah, my mom would have probably found that boy and was ready to fight. Right. That's <laughs> why know? I'm saying and in a perfect situation where you have the right. courage to tell somebody and that person that you're telling has the emotional capacity to be able to coach That would have been the perfect world. In that moment. But here's the reality. Life happens to us and I think that's where compassion comes in. Right. That's where I can look at that little boy and say, man, don't tell you didn't. You, there was nothing you could do about that. Right. You didn't know that if you went to your mom that day that it would dismantle this thing that would have stuck with you for a long time. You didn't I, know that. So I was going to say, is this is this part of dismantling yes. the trigger? Yes. Having compassion. I think, um, man, I was, I just had a quick thought. Um, that moment, I also, I'm pretty sure he took my twenty dollars that I was my grandma say, gave me. Did he me. take your twenty dollars? Yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm positive, and I was. I was more thinking about that of than I was about me getting pushed. Of course. For the past fifteen minutes, I was mm-hmm. thinking about man, my twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I just got robbed. You can't even go to the candy the first, lady the next day. First time I got robbed. <laughs> yeah, but yes, dismantling triggers is one having compassion on yourself so that you can see clearly mm-hmm. because triggers can really cloud judgment. It can cloud when you're flooded with emotions or you're drained, you have no emotions at all. Like you start to think some crazy thoughts because your, your brain is trying to figure out, man, how do we get out of this situation? How do I protect you? How do we, and the, the more you say, okay, Dante, I'm gonna take a deep breath. You have compassion on yourself and say this, this is a moment that something is coming up and that's okay. It's coming up for a reason. Yes. I always tell my clients the fact that this is being triggered means that it's ready for this thing to get out. Right. And especially if you're in an environment where people don't know how to respond to a trigger. Right. Sometimes people see you trigger or they see you, you know, shut down or something. They're like, oh, right. oh, it just got awkward in the room. Right. Because and now, they don't know how to face their own. Right. And, and now it's awkward in the room. Nobody knows what to do. And now we're just going to go over this moment. And now you're feeling even more exposed. insecure, more exposed. Instead, in those moments, you come to your own assistance. You decide to have compassion on you because this trigger isn't about them. This trigger is actually about you. And that, that triggers are always about that you. was a big thing that switched for me. Always. Because for me, when I was triggered, I felt this righteous indignation. If you made me feel triggered. Right. Or or like you said something. Right. And now I have all of this flooded emotions that supposed to be aimed towards you. That that is not the correct way to respond to a trigger. Yeah. That is not gonna solve what's actually going on inside of you, no matter how small you make someone feel around you no matter how much you feel like you got understood in that moment because you yelled what you felt right that's not gonna solve the trigger what's gonna solve it is you facing you in those moments and I think for me when, when I realized like one gonna have compassion on myself two when I when I feel triggered I need to find ways to come back to reality I need to breathe I need to separate myself from the moment for a second and go to another space mm-hmm. to 
to be with me. If it feels awkward in the room right there, uh, maybe I won't respond to it just now. Maybe I won't get up and walk out and say, all good. We can go to the next moment. And I know I feel embarrassed and I'm okay with being embarrassed for a moment, like not freaking out when I'm feeling, when I'm being flooded with these emotions, what am I thinking about? Because I still have a choice in this moment. And for me, it's like, okay, huh? All right, let me take a deep breath. Um, Like literally a moment happened this week, like where I felt embarrassed. I felt flooded with emotions. You know what I was thinking in my head? Mm. It's like, okay, no one's against me. Mm -hmm. That I was telling myself this, no one's against me. No one in this room would intentionally embarrass me. Yeah. I was reminding myself of what's true. Right. Even though I wasn't feeling that. I was feeling like, man, that person just tried to embarrass me. But to myself in my mind, I was like, no one's trying to embarrass me. And I literally, I physically put one of my feet on the ground and I planted my feet. Mm-hmm. I planted my feet. I took a deep breath and I could feel myself starting to think again. Yeah. Finding ways to bring yourself back into reality, back into the moment so that you can figure out what's going on inside. And then the next thing is um, let somebody in is to let someone in because that's shame will thrive in the dark. Yes. Not just shame. Rigorous honesty will dismantle triggers. When you are honest about you being triggered, about you feeling embarrassed about you. So many times when we're triggered, we go to self-protection because we think everyone's against us. Mm -hmm. We don't think the people around us will actually carry this thing with us. We don't think that people will come to our assistance because maybe that has been an experience. But you need to know who your safe people are, who you can go to when you're triggered. And even there's been times where I have safe people around me that I can go to when I'm triggered, but I've gone to them when I'm triggered and they haven't responded great. Right. Even the safe people get it wrong sometimes because people are people. Right. And Which is why you have to create that safe space within yourself so that if somebody 100%, gets it wrong, you're not relying on them to you're cover you. You're not like, you. see, see, I told you. Right. I told you every time I open to somebody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody coming back. This right. why I don't trust nobody. I ain't trusting nobody. We're not meant to live that way. Yeah. We're meant to lean on each other and, and depend on each other, interdependence where I can let you see me and me at not my best moment and be honest about it and be brought back into reality and also encouraged and had compassion on. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times when you're triggered, you think that it's just you. And so you're going to try and figure out your way through the funnel or the tunnel or whatever. Right, Because you go tunnel vision when you go into survival mode. You can't hear clearly, see clearly the thoughts and the truth that you would normally know in an untriggered state kind of just fades into the background, which is why you need, like you say, to borrow somebody else's frontal lobe in a moment when yours goes offline. Because when we get triggered... Are the part of our brains that can rationally and thoughtfully think through things. Cause and effect. It shuts off in order to protect ourselves. And then we go into that very childhood reptilian brain where we're just lashing out, trying to conserve energy, trying to protect ourselves. And so in those moments, we need to call a friend where we can use their frontal lobe that is still online while ours is checked out to bring us back to reality yeah and it, there's been oh. times like in our in our marriage <laughs> you're singing eminem yes. uh, there's been time in our marriage where one of us is triggered um 
there's been a lot of times in our marriage, like a lot. There's, <laughs> there's a trigger happy season, yes. you know, and like multiple, multiple. And I want to talk about just a little bit about what do you do when someone around you is triggered? What do you do when the person in front of you is going crazy? <laughs> When, when they are, I can, I can start with this unless you got something. I have something. But oh, oh, go ahead, baby. Cause your lips I'm are gonna, like, I'm going to forget my thought. Your lips were literally <laughs> like, I got a word. Go ahead. See, now I forgot it. Hmm. Wait, the question was, what do you do what when do you someone do? else around you is triggered? Yes, exactly. First off, you have to make sure that you're not making it about you. This is why being able to have a healthy relationship with your own self and the own spaces where you get triggered is so right. important because a lot of times somebody else's triggers trigger your triggers. <laughs> right. And there's just Everybody triggers trigger. we got a trigger party. We got a trigger party. Everybody shutting down. Everybody just. So you need to be clear. Y'all know what we're talking about. You know what oh, we're yeah. talking about. You have been in this moment if you're listening to this yes. podcast. There's certain facial expressions that happen when everybody's triggered and yep. trying to cover it up. Yes. So you need to make sure that you don't let yourself make it about you and you manage yourself. You're well. only in control of you. Yes. Yeah. Because somebody else can get triggered all they want, but it doesn't have to jump into your space and affect you if you. Yeah. Like y'all, y'all there's, there's been times where I've been triggered and I start like kind of lashing out to Chantel and, and she says, babe, you're projecting. <laughs> I'm like, so <laughs> So, <laughs> okay, but this comes with D trust. Define, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's very true. Because I, I was gonna, I was gonna say something else with that, with that trust being built. But um, can you define real quick, um, projection? Projection is when you take your own pain and frustration and hurt, and you place it on to somebody else. You project it onto them as though they are the person that is causing you that pain and right. rejection and hurt. Right. So in moments, they're just kind of like a scapegoat. Right. And so in moments of being triggered, a lot of times we project on a person to almost make our trigger more, um, our lashing out, our reaction to our trigger more, um, okay. Yeah. And it's not. And so in our marriage, there's been times where, you know, one of us is triggered. I'm just going to use you, you're triggered because I kind of like talking about <laughs> you being triggered versus me being right. triggered. But there's been times where you've been triggered. And in my mind, one, the first thought is, you know, I can only manage me. I'm not going to take on shame. Um, if you say a couple of things, understanding that you're triggered gives me a lot more compassion. Right. Which also comes with having to have trust where I can. Right. And it also comes with me facing a lot of your triggers. Right. And some of those triggers were because of decisions and mistakes that I'd made. And right. I was, you were triggered by past moments of that I've had calls. And so what do I do when Chantel is triggered by something that I've done in the past that is very valid? What and do you do? What do I do? What do you do when you're the one who created the first initial trigger in the first place? I know y'all are probably dying to hear this. Um, <laughs> you have to know where you are right now you have to let go of your past actions you have to forgive yourself when you are able to not partner with shame from a past moment that you caused and when she's triggered in that moment you can separate the two and know that oh man babe I can have a lot of compassion I can own that moment because I have no shame attached there so I can, I can easily, oh, babe, I know 
those many times that I showed up late. Dang it, that sucked for you. Right. Well, right now, today, that's not how I'm thinking about it. I was I was not present in those moments. I was thinking about work more than family. But now I'm intentionally setting up things and I don't get it right every time. But I'm so sorry. I get why that's triggering you. And this doesn't come like tomorrow. You're not just going to go to somebody that you triggered and it's going to come out, come out like this. Right. This is him doing his own work behind the scenes right. of his own pain and mistakes and things that he's done so that he can actually show up in a relationship not attached to right. that shame. So, so when she's triggered, I've actually been able to position myself to cover you right instead of man i gotta protect myself because you might end up punching me right but at the same time at the same time there are some some things like if if she is triggered and she's like just pissed off and saying a lot of mean things we don't we don't really call each other names or anything i don't say a lot of mean things right yeah okay I don't say a lot of mean things. You don't say mean things. You say things intensely. Yeah, I say things yeah. intensely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're not. Yeah, I don't think mean when I think about you. But I don't, don't name call or no, anything. no. We don't. We don't do name calling. But we, uh, way, way, way back in the day. Yeah, we didn't even. Our name calling was. I would weak, call you though. a jerk. We had weak name. That's that's a weak name call. <laughs> that, that ain't no name. Jerk. You're jerk. You're a jerk. I know. It made me feel. <laughs> it made me feel good when I said it though. Jerk. <laughs> This is how y'all know my wife is white. <laughs> she said, jerk. <laughs> You're so cute. Um, no, but in, in those moments when, you know, a spouse or somebody is being triggered and you identify that they're being triggered, you have a lot more authority to have compassion, to be patient and to not belittle them. Because I think a lot of times you can see a person triggered and you're like, all right, well, that's you and your trigger. Right. And we disconnect from it. We we disengage from someone being triggered because that's them and their problem now that I understand triggers. No, that's not. You still have a responsibility in this. Your responsibility is to be constant. Right. Your responsibility is to, hey, I'm here. I'm here. When when you're ready to, you know, talk about this and man, maybe you I'm gonna make us maybe you should take take a little time, baby. You, you wanna get a little space? And on the flip side, the person that is being triggered, just because you're triggered, it's not an excuse to go back crazy, you know, and be like, well, because I'm triggered, I get to lash out because this is coming from a childhood place that I'm, you know, you have to in the same way that the person on the other side of your trigger is managing him or herself. You have to do the same thing as well and do your own work and how to actually communicate to the other person. You don't just have the right to lash out because you're triggered. You have to find ways to communicate. Hey, when you came home late that I felt really triggered by it because it made me feel like you didn't value me and it made you me feel like you didn't think that my time was important rather than just like, you're always late and you're always this. And I feel super triggered by you right now because you just always do this. Because when you're triggered, you can say a lot of um, absolute statements. Right. You're always, you never. Whenever someone's using the word always or never, to me that's an indicator oh, that you're disconnecting from reality a little bit. Right. Because if it was always, right. always? But it's because when you're in trigger state, you're in fight or flight. And right. you're in that tunnel vision where you can't see exactly. clearly. Yes. And so I think in that, it's it's the two people understanding or the group of people, whatever it is, understanding that man when a person's triggered 
they can they can find themselves in that. But at the same time, man, I got to make sure that I'm not caught into the swirl. Right. Which is why you can in these moments have like a timeout or like a hey, I right. just need it's okay like, to take a second. It doesn't have to flow perfectly and like you say how you feel and I say how I right. feel we connect again it's sometimes bumpy like hey I just feel really frustrated right now can I just go to the room and take two minutes yes five minutes ten minutes I and just that's need not a- that's not flight no because you're gonna that, come back yes if you check out you leave the house and you don't come back for two hours you, you flew yeah you flew <laughs> you're flown yeah you flew <laughs> like literally I used to do this right like, we, you would. we would be in an intense argument and I would get so overwhelmed. That you would leave apartment two oh two. I'd be I would be like, Girl, I can't okay. I got I gotta go. Yeah. And but that wasn't out of a space of, Hey babe, um, can we take a little break? Can I can I go on a little drive to clear my head and then when I get back I'll be back in can, fifteen minutes. Then we can have a conversation about this, but I, I just wanna make sure we have a, that's a way different ex- experience. And you gotta make sure that when you do come back in fifteen minutes that you're actually you're ready you took those you're ready 15 to engage you didn't do, engage. go do yes. those 15 minutes and go stare at a wall yes you're like man what's going on inside of me and there's yes. been times y'all where i literally go to figure out what's going on inside of me and it feels almost a little embarrassing like man i'm sitting with myself trying to figure out what myself is feeling and myself don't want to go back to the okay okay i'm triggered okay but now i have the space and the permission from my wife yeah to actually figure this out Me, I'll get really foggy if I feel triggered. Like I just want to check out and just want to use that 15 minutes to scroll on Instagram and not think about it. So for me, I have to be really conscious to push through that fog and actually pull out emotions because it's like this fog just comes over me and I don't, I want to fully disconnect. And it's almost like I don't even feel hurt or sad anymore. I just feel checked out. Like I don't really care I just want to be here. I don't want to have this conversation. And so for me, I have to be really intentional, intentional to pull myself back online and yeah. choose to engage with myself first and so that I can come back and engage with you. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good um, question to be able to ask yourself. What do I feel when I am triggered? Right. What what's happening inside of me? Do I feel apathetic? Right. Do I do I feel angry? Right. Do I feel because if you feel angry that might mean you feel a bit powerless yeah man your, your power feels like it's been taken away okay how are we going to get your power back mm-hmm. you know you feel apathetic okay how can we get some energy to face this thing yeah and so yeah i think that's a really good thought to think in those moments um anything else on this i don't know this has been really good this but is, i think we've been this talking is great for a yeah long we time. can we can keep going on this but i you know, I, I feel like even while we were talking, maybe some people you got triggered during this or maybe or you were able to put language to where you get triggered. And yes, why you get triggered. Yes. Remember, have compassion on yourself or the person that is being triggered. Maybe you're listening to this with the spouse and y'all looking at each other like, Whoop. Um <laughs> have some compassion on each other. Know that triggers come from real experiences then send this episode to a friend who triggers you. (laughs) (laughs) Send this to somebody who needs it. Um, And then um, take time to actually write out what's going on inside of me. Take time to sit, get in your own space, quiet space or whatever. And, and know that you are worth stopping for. You tell yourself that I am worth this five minutes to two hours of time. 
You know, if you got kids, then plan it out. I am worth the time for my spouse to watch my kids for me to go journal for 30 minutes. If my spouse can't survive for 30 minutes, maybe we got to have a different conversation. Now, I understand seasons. Here's here's the thing. I understand seasons. So if you're in that season where it's like 30 minutes, like three days, don't don't take my advice. Don't do that, bro. Uh, And then step three. Tell a friend and step two and three might coincide. Like you yeah. might not actually be able to sit down and write out what's going on inside of you without right, right. being able to process it with right. somebody else. Yes. And, and, helping I, and them I think see you, either way you need to talk to somebody else. Right. Oh, 100%. Because I, I think a lot of times we want to do things on our own because we don't want to face the embarrassment or right. the exposure that triggers can feel like they bring. But you got to realize that when you are honest about a trigger, you can own it. Mm-hmm. Like when you're open with somebody about something that you feel like you shut down in, man, the power and the confidence that can come through you sharing with people is is incredible. And you'll be surprised at the people that you open up to and let see your trigger, how they'll want to have your back in those moments that you get right. triggered. And then the next time you feel that trigger coming around, you can see it farther off than you were able to usually triggers hit you in the face yes but when you actually work through a trigger and start dismantling it you can see it coming and so you can be on the offense exactly and it and it's not just life just hitting you and triggers just hitting you from left and right but you're like oh i know this feeling of feeling powerless i need to plant my feet right i need to take a couple of deep breaths i need to make sure that i keep my brain online and it's not checking out you can see it farther off when you actually have identified what that trigger is in the first place. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think we're going to stop there. That feels really good. Um, man, thank y'all for listening. Thank you for taking this time out to, um, dive deep. I told y'all we were about to dive deep. I told you, um, but we really appreciate y'all. We hope that this helps. We hope that this, you know, would start maybe your journey. Maybe you haven't faced triggers in your life. Um, before or maybe you felt powerless when triggers come up we hope that this would be a little glimmer of hope for you to be able to show up no matter the moment that you're in and when a trigger comes up you're not triggered by a trigger coming up but that you feel like man I can I can figure out what's going on inside of me so that next time it's going to sting a little less next time I will I will find the truth way faster next time. I won't just lash out or react to the moment, but I'll be able to respond. And when I walk away from that moment, I'll, I'll be able to look at myself and say, man, I did that because I put in some work. I opened up to some people. Yeah. And yeah. I just want to say, like, I love I personally love it when you guys message me about certain things that you're processing through. Like if you hear this, this episode and you're like, man, I am trigger happy everywhere in my life and I'm actually going to start going after it. And you do something in a triggered moment and you want to tell somebody about it. Like, tell me about it. Tell us about it. We want to be able to pray for you to celebrate you in the victorious moments that you have when it comes to going after triggers. And guys tell me if, if you're a lady, I'm probably going to send you to my wife because she can help you way better than I can. But if you're a guy and you're like, man, this is really getting me. Um, Listen, guys get triggered. Like don't believe in the lie that this isn't, this is just a, a lady's thing. Like, men get triggered we just react differently and so if you feel like man this this felt you know really real to me um hit me up dm me yep 
Yeah. All right. We're going to talk soon, guys. We got some good stuff lined up for you. Yes. Thank y'all for listening. And we hope y'all enjoyed this um, dialogue.